0: Hey there. Welcome to the High Esteem Podcast, the show with everything you need to hold yourself in high esteem. I'm your host, Sarah Irwin, and I'm a confidence coach, mental health professional, and a quirky, fast-talking, fun-loving, meaner-dog-owning, recovering, perfectionistic self-doubter who is here to help those like me charge forward. If you're a passionate human who craves purpose or an ambitious self-doubter who gets in your own way, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Highest Aim podcast. I'm excited to be back here. And today I wanted to talk about something that bothers me so much in every motivation industry, and that I believe holds a lot of people back and contributes to their patterns of self-sabotage. And that is all or nothing thinking and having an all or nothing mindset when it comes towards any kind of goal, any kind of transformation that you're trying to make. And really, all or nothing thinking is so well-intentioned because it comes from this idea that we want to have lofty goals for ourselves because on some level, we want to live a really great life. We want good things for ourselves, right? So the start of setting lofty goals, the place that it comes from I get it. I get it. And it's really genuine a lot of the time, but I often see it having the reverse effect. So when we're setting goals that are so big that to approach it every day, we're intimidated and we get nervous or we're not sure how it's going to happen. Part of that, yes, is of course, working on our mindset and working on our belief in ourselves and our ability to accomplish that thing. Part of it is just making sure that we set realistic goals. But the other piece is looking at what we do to get in our own way and foolproofing the system for ourselves. Because if you are someone who has, for instance, never meditated in your life and you find it really intimidating, and when you meditate, you don't feel like you're doing it properly and you're sitting down to do even, say, your initial goal is a half an hour a day, but that half hour to you feels like running 5K to someone who never runs. Then you might be a lot more hesitant to approach it. So I really want you to look at the last time you've done this. You're going along, you have this goal, say it's meditation or say it's running. And you say, I am going to do X, Y, Z, meditate or run or do both for... Um let's say one month, every morning before I start work. And you're running along, you're running along, you're running along. Day three, you're a little bit tired, you don't do it. Then the rest of the day, you start saying things to yourself like, "Ugh, I'm a piece of shit. I didn't get that done. I should have done it. It's all over. I knew I could never accomplish my goals. And that's where it becomes a really big problem because often we use these things to self-sabotage in a way that feeds this self-concept that we already had, that part of ourselves that doesn't believe in ourselves as strongly as we would like to, those parts of ourselves where we feel small and we feel inadequate, we feed those parts, not just because we fail to do what we said we were gonna do, but the way that we talk about um, to ourselves afterwards And the way we give into it, what happens then? The next thing is, most of us give up. Or we give up for a few weeks and start again with another lofty goal. And what the goal is, isn't the subject of this. This is the approach around it that we we often take. Where if it is not what we wanted it to be originally, then it's worthless. When really, if you're exercising at all, isn't that better than not exercising? And isn't, you know, if you only have time to do a five-minute uh, five meditation that night, isn't that better than not meditating? Is it positive, uh, possible that you still get benefits from doing that thing, even if it is not in the correct time frame or the exact way that you would have liked? Spoiler alert, the answer is yes. I really believe strongly that yes. We should, when we have time, act anyway in any small way that will work. What can we do to get ourselves back on track? And maybe that doesn't mean getting back on track right that night, but maybe that is developing a plan for ourselves that we can get back on track tomorrow and working through what is coming up for us that is holding us back from doing that to begin with. What are we saying to ourselves? Why are we saying that and what approach we want to take going forward? Maybe for some people it would be stopping to evaluate that goal. Maybe we set a goal that was a little bit too long, and we realized going through that week that we don't have as long as we said we would exercise for and meditate for, that that's not working for us right now, or that it's too intimidating, whatever it might be. That's an opportunity to revise, guys. It doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that you got more information. You know, you collected more data on whether or not that particular thing would work for you. And how we've learned more information about that goal and how it relates to us and our own habits. I'm not saying to just automatically assume that this wasn't the right goal for you and you can't do it. What I am saying is we collected more data on what might not work or might need some tweaking. And tweaking it in order to fit not just our lifestyle but also our mindset. So... Take a pen and paper if you have fallen off track. Okay, everyone just do it with me right now. Um, And uh, of course, I can't see you, so if you're not doing it, that's fine, but make a mental note. And what I want you to do is think about what is coming up for you on those days where you fall through with your goals, on the days where you miss your workout, on the days where you miss that thing that was going to move the needle forward, okay? Is it that you run out of time? Is it that you get really stressed out about all the things that you have to do and you suddenly go, oh, I don't have time. So you see the difference there? There's running out of time where it's really late and you never got around to doing that thing, or there's stress and the stress of other things keeping you from doing that thing, working towards your goal. Um, That also allows you to, to question Where is this thing on the scale of importance with all of my other obligations and all the other things I have to get done? Okay, Um, and see where that is, because if it's not your number one priority, I'm not going to be that motivational coach that says you need to find a way to make it your priority. Absolutely true that we need to prioritize the things that we care about and the things that are important to us. But realistically, that's a very privileged perspective too, and I don't know what your workday looks like, and I don't know what your life looks like, and I don't know what you're going home to. So no, I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say what will make that easier for you to approach in your own life. Do you need to make the goal a smaller time frame, but split it into two times a day, right? So maybe that meditation that was a half an hour becomes 15 minutes in the morning or 15 minutes at night. Maybe that 15 minutes a day becomes five minutes in the morning, five minutes on your lunch break and five minutes before you go to bed. Maybe your exercise plan of a half hour workout every day becomes two 15 minute segments or or two 10 minute segments because you don't have that uninterrupted time or um, you don't know what you're coming home to every day and you have to put it off sometimes. It's okay if you have to put something off, and it's okay if you have to squeeze it in in a way that works for you, because what will determine whether you are able to work towards transformation or change is your ability to develop develop new habits. Habits aren't a time increment. No one says it's only a habit if you do it for five minutes a day. If you have heard that before, tell me where, because I really don't, don't know where or if that person would be credible. There is, of course, a lot of science and a lot of studies around how long you have to do something before it becomes a habit. I am not a habit expert, but but what I do know is that habits come with consistency and the habit is the act of doing the thing. Okay, that's all the habit is the act of doing the thing repetitively that will bring you closer towards your eventual goal. Okay, so. My partner and I actually successfully just accomplished a fitness, what will I call it? Not contest, it's just the two of us, we're not competing. Um, We started a fitness challenge for ourselves that was not with an all or nothing mindset. I had noticed that she often would have these really, really big challenges with her best friend and they would make these spreadsheets and they put in the meal plans and they get really excited about it and they both lasted maybe a week. But the problem was that all of these challenges were so extreme and they didn't leave room for flexibility or for things like cheat days or when life got abnormally busy or their current mindset. Um, And they didn't help establish habits in a way that was slow and progressive and allowed you to see the benefits over time without it being too intimidating. And so We sat down and we talked about it because I was of the opposite mindset where I've been so scared of diet culture and of fitness culture that I didn't want to approach things in any sort of extreme. And we came up with a happy medium. And that was October size. Now, October size guys was just a spreadsheet and a challenge for us to exercise for a half an hour every single day. And now that didn't Have to be anything extreme. It could be anything that we liked that we could do easily that made us feel good. The idea was that we're doing it every single day, and that the next month we would up it. We would add more rules once that habit was developing. And so that could be as easy as a walk. And we built in forgiveness. And this was the best part because we said, okay, what happens when we fail? What happens when we fail at that day? How do we keep ourselves back on track? And it was literally just so we could make it up and we could back count. So if we did an extra half an hour in another day, we could back count that day. And some of you who are into big lofty goals really might like not like this. But for us, because of that intimidation factor and because of that mindset of, oh, well, it's all over, that we we knew we had the tendency to get into, we decided to counter the all or nothing thinking by building forgiveness into the plan to me this was revolutionary because i developed that habit of walking half an hour every day uh, or not always walking right sometimes we went rock climbing and sometimes we went on a hike and sometimes i didn't exercise at home but i learned to expect that in my day and see the benefits and really like it and it was forgiving enough that it didn't make me resent it and it didn't intimidate me and that folks kept me going because I hate resenting something that I'm doing and it gave me time to feel out what worked for me and what didn't and to revise and an opportunity to revise as I went and then we didn't leave it there of course we took it from there and did November size where three of those days a week have to be some sort of more intense exercise so it could be a HIIT workout it could be rock climbing it could be us going on a longer hike Um, so it could be an, had to be an hour or more if it's, you know, a low key exercise, like going for, um, a walk. Um, and then it had, or it had to be more intense if we kept it at a half an hour. Um, and guys, I've done five days a week, pretty much this entire month of some sort of more intense exercise. I've been doing my own HIIT workouts, um, are rock climbing three days a week and nothing has worked for me this well. And to me, that just adds clout to my argument against all or nothing thinking because when you build forgiveness into the plan, you're not setting yourself up to not fail, but you're not setting yourself up to treat yourself poorly and knock yourself further off track because that's what we do. When we fail and see it as a failure and not as more information that we can work with and edit and adapt to our lifestyles. When we admit failure, we beat ourselves further off the damn track until we no longer see the track anymore. We don't care about the track. We don't think the track is worth it. Hell, we don't think we are worth the damn track. And then we walk away. And then we eat that bag of Cheez-Its or cookies or drink that wine that we told ourselves we wouldn't drink or whatever it is that is literally the um, opposite of your habit. And then we beat ourselves up for that too. And so begins that cycle again of negative self-talk and self-sabotage. And I wanted to talk about this because it feeds into negative self-esteem and poor confidence the way we set our goals, the way we act when we don't meet them, those things, they feed that cycle so much. Because if you don't think you're worth your goals, what does that say? And if you talk poorly to yourself when you when you don't meet them, you're going to feel poorly, right? Yeah, when we do meet our goals and we try new things and we see small successes every day, and when we track those successes and I will get into that in another podcast episode in more detail. We feel good about ourselves. We cultivate confidence by maintaining that trust with ourselves and building that trust that we can do new things and we can see progress and we got over them and we did things that we did not think that we could do, but it can happen slow and often it does happen slow. But if we set goals that are so lofty for ourselves that don't factor in our intimidation, our mindset, where we are in our habits, what habits of self-sabotage we have, and what patterns we fall into when we're doing these challenges to begin with and when we have attempted to meet difficult goals in the past, if we don't factor those in and build in and foolproof it for ourselves... Then we set ourselves up to betray that trust in ourselves. And when we betray that trust in ourselves, then we don't trust ourselves to try new things. And then we don't feel more confident. And then we don't get where we want to be. And it's so painful to watch ambitious people who are working so hard fall so far off track so quickly just because they didn't set a goal for themselves in a compassionate and forgiving and realistic way. And sometimes it really is about getting conscious of this and being intentional. Okay, how are you going to work forgiveness and self-compassion into your action plan to move forward in some way that is really important to you? How are you going to build that in? And then we can talk about goal setting because we are all going to have days where we struggle and where it's harder. And most of us do have days where we fall off track. But are you someone who wants to accept a life where every time you fall off track, you walk away from it? Or do you want to learn how to climb back on? And I'm going to leave you with that question. All right, everyone, that is it for today. But if you like this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And then go ahead and leave me a review because, of course, it really helps me and my podcast out. For more tips, training, and tools to help you hold yourself in high esteem, follow me over on my Instagram page at your underscore high underscore esteem underscore, and then join the Your High Esteem Facebook group through the link in the show notes to join your community to do this work together. To learn more about me and my private coaching, you can also head over to www.highesteemcoaching.com and then browse my programs and free tools there. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you all in the next episode.